Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Can I Talk? I'm yours, morning, because as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? I was hoping, oh, I'm hoping Arsenal take the revenge against the villains, and also hoping that Arsenal can give um, Leeds a good welcome back to the Premier League at the Emirates, playing against them for the first time at home in a very long time. But let's go to Villa Park. As I said, hoping to want to get revenge on Villa. And uh, Noah Bamiang starting on the left-hand side. And what is your take on him not starting and your feelings towards it? Okay, first of all, I think I've actually scrubbed that whole thing about the revenge tour because I mean, this is now blowing seriously <laughs> up my face because we've already had now that catastrophe that happened at the Molyneux. And then <laughs> now, you know, this thing is, we're now going to describe it. But I mean, my take was like, you know, after the nightmare at the Molyneux, um, Arsenal, you know, visit the Villa Park with Matt Ryan coming in for Leno and Gabriel coming in for David Luiz. So, I mean, look, with the Obama Yang thing that you now mentioned, I was actually quite fine with it because for me, it's all based on form right now. And I mean, at the moment, I think you mentioned it last week, I'm sure, where you said, you know, it's actually going to be unfair if you're just going to throw, you know, Obama Yang straight in without him really, you know, fighting for that, that um, slot again to either smear it or to get that Pepe roll. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good call, good call by you because, I mean, that is eventually how Arteta chose. But, um, you know, back to the game, you know, the game kicks off. And, I mean, Arsenal, if, I mean, if, if any of our listeners, and, I mean, you can also th- think back to the uh, Villapar, um, the Emirates game, sorry. It was almost like the same thing also. We kind of caught up. Either we slaughter the blocks or Aston Villa under Dean Smith do start, like, you know, do start like a house on fire because, I mean, they came out, you know, flying out of the traps. It was like yeah. cold. And... I mean, for me, um, look, I'm not, uh, I know I sometimes can hop on something, but, but I mean, for me, the way Cedric really threw Gabriel under the bus with that total, like, you know, I mean, right, uh, I mean, it's a right shit pass that he ends up giving him. And then he don't, like, I was like, he has like, that deer in the headlights moment because he ends up just standing and watching instead of trying to either double up or to try to, you know, rectify the error. But I mean, he really sells Gabriel short. And I mean, by that time, uh, Bertrand Traore, he ends up intercepting the ball, nicks it past Gabriel, and of course, he then uh, uh, tees up. Um, who was it again that was landing? Oh, yeah, Ollie Watkins. Ollie, Ollie Watkins, as I, as I mentioned, the one of the guys that I feared coming to this game. And I mean, he ends up like, just taking one touch to get the ball under control. And, you know, by the time he fires off the shot, you can see Leno, um, sorry, not Leno, Ryan uh, has, you know, everything under control, but because uh, Rob Holding ends up, I think, just sticking out a foot, just that little deflection caused all sorts of chaos. And I mean, it actually just steers the ball further away from Ryan. One little Aston Villa. Ah, it was an uphill battle from that point already. And I just kind of shook my head, you know. At that first fixture of the weekend, you know, you, you, you get all pumped up, you know, sitting, um, and, or, or me personally, I was sitting in my jersey. Um, you know, going to get ready for the game, thinking we're going to come up there and uh, do the business. But I mean, two minutes in and I'm already, you know, starting to sweat. And not because of the weather in, in Cape Town, but because, you know, going one nil down against Villa. And, you know, we've, we've really been defensively quite strong, especially with Martinez in goals. Yeah, but I mean, for me, you know, just seeing a, a lapse, 
like this in, in the rear guard from the Arsenal squad, it's really, you know, inferiority because just when you think, you know, the team has turned the corner, you know, you have this sort of, uh, you know, where the, where the wheels now fall off again. Because now, I'm like, as you said, look, you can actually, you could have taken the, so the balls defeat on the chin. The Southampton one was also, it could have also gone either way when we lost that game. But I mean, for me, this was now all kind of queued up for us now for sort of backlash. But I mean, it, it, it came off as more toothless than anything. Yeah, I mean, to start off, you know, the way we did, I mean, it was almost in contrast to how we started against Wolves. And like you said, the Wolves result is the type of game that you will kind of, you know, say, okay, it was just, you know, bygones be bygones and you move on to the next game. But, you know, conceding so early with a stupid error, I mean, that was at the back. I mean, just if you answer it, just boot the ball into Rosette. But, I mean, to, to pass a ball like that and under-eat a pass as well, I mean... You can maybe put too much power on it as well, just to kind of, you know, if it ricochets, it goes somewhere. But, I mean, it was too under it. And, you know, Arsenal were then starting to fight the uphill battle already. And, you know, it's almost like same old, same old before we beat Chelsea. I mean, what what was also another thing that was like really pissing me off? And I mean, there's also something that I to bring up now. It's like, okay, you, you try not to kind of fight back or put up a sort of fight. But now it's like we get a corner like in a tech corner. You know, I mean, you don't see that, that you know what, I think what all of us are kind of yearning for is, like, you know, getting something to be a danger from corners or we're scoring from corners. And, and everything you see holding and, and Gabriel, whatever they do come up, the ball gets headed over into the stands. They were never really <laughs> worth to keep. And, and I'm thinking, then why bother then throwing your centre-backs forward if they're not offering you anything to, as an attacking force? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I could be... You correct him if I'm wrong, but you know, besides that, Gabriel, like Eden from a corner, it's, it's like we, we, we don't against Fulham. Um, we don't really put put much pressure on 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 like you said teams with corners. I mean, there are times when you know Arsenal get the corner and you just think, oh no, what's the point of even watching? Not that you don't want to watch, but yeah. they just don't cause any sort of consistent threat to the opposition that. They'll probably rather give us a, a, a corner than a, a throw-in because we're not causing any damage. Yeah, because I mean, every time the ball gets, um, you know, floated in, you're never seeing a sort of uh, attacking dynamic at the end. Even when Socrates was playing in the defence where he was getting goals and David Luiz was getting goals when they played as a combo. But now it's like you don't see anything. Because, look, I know you and I used to have a big gripe about the sort of distribution from the, the corners. But I mean, now they, they seemingly have corrected that. But now it's like you don't have any sort of direction again getting the ball at the target. Yeah, there's no power in the direction in the headers. You know, like when a defender comes steaming in and, you know, you out jumps. I think our defenders are a bit soft as well. You know, when it comes to Holding and Gabriel, like, like they, don't, they don't bully the opposition in the box. Like, like, you know, if you come up against... I know your, your, your favourite combo at the time was Duffy and Dunk. I mean, they were quite a menace in the box. But, you know, even you with your Tony Adams and Steve Bolt kind of combination. I mean, we don't have anything of that sort. No, because, I mean, look, uh, I watched it at the test of a game the other night. <laughs> I fought game of Everton, Tottenham. Uh, okay, both defences were kind of weak. But, I mean, attacking-wise, every time a corner came in, any hesitancy by the by either goalkeeper was punished by the defenders or attacking players from, from Tottenham or Everton. 
So I mean, that is the sort of thing that I actually would like to see us, you know, bring more to the table now with, with Arsenal as a team. Because, I mean, look, they're not the, the, the shortest guys, Gabriel and, and um, Holding, or even Marie and, and um, Louise and them, or whatever defenders were. But it's like you just don't see, you know, them, as you said now, that, you know, kind of bullying and bustling themselves through the, 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 the crowd to get the goal. Now you see them all just do this, this almost like a conga type, uh, you know, when they sat in a line and nobody's doing anything really to attack. So, that you, you know, go old-fashioned way, aim at the near post, flick on over, and somebody comes flying in with the header. Yeah, it's definitely something we need to to kind of work back on the training, on the training ground. Um, but I, I do also think that, you know, Aston Villa, after that goal, you know, they, they defended well. And it almost looked like they were trying to suck a punch Arsenal on on the counter all the all the time, and it was for some weird reason. It's almost like we were falling for it. We saw Xhaka, you know, making needless fouls, and it's like it's when Arsenal go. It's like I started watching. I was thinking, you know, when Arsenal go behind, they become very shaky. They become very, you know, not confident in themselves. Like you see a different Arsenal to when Arsenal go one 0 up to when Arsenal goes one 0 down. It's almost like they, I mean, Southampton they 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 showed a good you know mindset, but other than that, you know, you see them very much rattled. And Southampton, you know, I'm mean, not Southampton. Aston Villa weren't playing the best of football, but they looked comfortable. No, because they they just came over a defeat against West Ham, and I mean there were certain things that that you know tactically let them down. And they also kind of tweeted somewhat, not too much, as you said now, they were almost like playing so within themselves, but it's not like against us, they, they could now get a bit more confident because they knew it was like there was going to be a sort of cock up by us probably early on in the game, which, you know, played out the same way in the, in the Emirates game when we lost to them there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was, like I said, you know, hoping to get revenge, but I mean, not a good start. I mean, we, we, we seem very toothless as well and, and, and you know, very blunt. Up front. I think Emil Smith, you know, was was doing more trying to just close gaps than allow himself to actually get involved in trying to open up Aston Villa. Yeah, then um, uh, 28th minute, finally a, a real decent chance for Arsenal with Granit Xhaka ended up stepping up for a free kick. The ball is already careering into the top corner and I mean, Emmy Martinez comes up again with a fabulous, like, you know, world he's saving. Yeah, I can't believe... Uh, Martinez, the saves he was pulling off. And I'm thinking, you know, also shame to Matt Ryan, who starts his first touch as an Arsenal player, picking up the ball out of the net as well. And then you look at Martinez pulling these saves left and right. Yeah. And a few minutes later, Arsenal, you know, uh, tried to play the offside trap. They kind of failed with it. Uh, Bertrand Traore ends up, you know, darting through. But I think he got a bit cocky because I think he went to almost like lob Matt Ryan. But, you know, what I actually liked about him was Ryan actually you know, kept himself big for as long as he could. And by the time Traore now had to, you know, force to, be, uh, make, to make a decision, his uh, little death chip ended up going straight into Ryan's end. You know, I, I started getting annoyed at Aston Villa and not, you know, disrespect to them. I think just as an Arsenal fan, I started getting annoyed at Aston Villa, how arrogant they started, you know, like you said, they had a death, a death chip over Ryan and then, you just saw they they just felt like they had this swagger and you're looking at the Arsenal, you're like, come on, you like no disrespect to Aston Villa, but come on, Arsenal, you know. Uh, Stab your authority on this game. No, I mean I think what was infuriating me more besides the whole uh, scenic calamity earlier on in the game 
was also the sort of um, constant fouling on Saka from the Aston Villa squad. Like each of them were taking turns to take out Saka because for me, I mean, okay, yes, it's going to be probably a more biased approach, whatever. But, you know, the way Saka ends up getting hauled down just inside oh, the... Yes. And, you know, okay, it's a yellow card. They don't even really review it. And, I mean, look, I'm not, sometimes it's almost like they say it's too far from goal, so you can't just, you know, give a straight read. But, I mean, for me, the same way you can give, you want to put things into context, the way people, say, like when they said Louise off against Wolves, that was almost like his reputation got ahead of him or like for them to make that sort of, uh, you know, rash decision. And yet you look at someone like Saka who's, Somebody that's on form, you can clearly see that Villa knows the threat. They're trying to, you know, get all the hatchet men on him. And, I mean, for me, if Konsa misses that tackle or fails to foul him there, Saka is going to go through either to score or to lay up, you know, almost like to roll a ball across goal for uh, easy tapping. He was going to set up a goal because the way we were already springing to the counter-attack to get, uh, catch uh, Villa on the, on the back foot, they only had Konsa there because... That Conza's uh, uh, partner was still busy struggling to get over the halfway line already. And I mean, Saka would have been off already. And I mean, we all know Saka's pace also. So I mean, I found, you know, I was really, in a way really pissed off at that, that decision by the officials. No, that, that, that for me should have been a red. I mean, we saw Ateta get a red card, like get on the halfway line back in 2013 against Crystal Palace yeah. when he fouled Chamak. I don't even still recall that. But um, I mean, you know, what's defined as a goal-scoring opportunity? I mean, like, what's the radius of that? Because, like you said, if Saka breaks away there, he's one-on-one -on -one with Martinez, and I'm sure you'll see the likes of Pepe or someone making a lung-busting run to kind of, you know, be that supporting run. And you, I mean, it's 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 become frustrating on, on the decisions that VAR has made. And like you said, could be a biased opinion because we, you know, Gunas, but, I mean, you know, nine times out of ten, that, if it was the other way around, I'm sure Arsenal would have seen red. Yeah, and then 40th minute, Martin is in a pulls away in a decent save again from one of Pepe's shots. Pepe then has again the chance before halftime, but, I mean, he ends up, you know, you know, he needed a bit of a cooler head. He ends up just lashing the ball past the goal. <laughs> Bad move. As I said, move on to the second half, which was also already starting way too late, but again, slow to uh, the blocks. But I mean, there's something also to now ask you. Do you think it's more like Villa have our number by now? Almost like the way Wolves have, you know, just know how to eke out something or a reaction, you know, or like, you know, where it hits us in the negative. I, I was thinking that. Like, I, I was thinking that, like, you know, watching the game, I'm like thinking, you know, this is what three wins on the trot against Arsenal. Um, I don't know if it's if it, if it Arteta's style, maybe against. against um, against Aston Villa that, that kind of plays into what's the is the coach name Dean Smith or something Smith um of Aston Villa. It's, it seems like he has Arteta's number how he sets out his team. So I'm I d I don't know how um Arsenal are gonna combat this, but it, like you see like you mentioned, them and Wolves always seem to pick up results against us. You know, whether it's a win or a draw. Yeah I mean look for forty ninth minute uh Ryan again makes a sharp save to from Ollie Watkins. And I mean, uh, look, what I was just mentioning, uh, Villa already quick out of the blocks, even though they kind of waned in the, the first half where they were just playing the counter-attacking game. Again, you know, they start the second half in that sort of, uh, you know, mindset where they're coming at us quickly on the front foot. 
And then it was like, did they go back into the shell, you know, after that sort of uh, raid attack? Yeah, it's... You know, I, I, I don't know if it's, like I said, you know, there's the defensive approach of Arsenal that it's, they go into a shell when they almost feel that they, they're not in control of a game. It's like they're very confidence-based. If they're in control of your Arsenal, they will, you know, dominate you and almost, you know, until submission. But at the moment, do you actually, you know, get under their skin and start, you know, doing things that they don't like? It's, we we start to struggle, like, severely. And there was one thing that, you know, you mentioned and brought it up is, like, with with Thomas party as well, you know, as as like he, he's never really picked up an injury at Atletico Madrid. Like if you look back at his time, he, he's always like an ox consistently playing. But I don't know what the Arsenal doing at training to him. But every time we see him on the ground during games, yeah, that's all. He's becoming like the sick note to me because <laughs> I've never seen anybody just get like a physical scrap and then he's like you know cropped again for a few days or weeks. But I went back to the game. Arsenal, they make a substitution on the hour mark where they bring on Aubameyang for Lacazette. I mean, I kind of beg to differ there because I would have yeah. added on Lacazette because he was adding something. Like, you know, just keeping them at least occupied. Because for me, you know, that same thing that got us annoyed with Aubameyang a few weeks back. It's like that, that Masai mindset is now back there again where... He seems like totally distant and not interested with the child. And I mean, look, they were trying to open up the field for him, getting, you know, through yeah. all that. But he was not doing any sort of, uh, you know, you saw no urgency in his play. And I think that is what was like, kind of annoying because they'd rather, you know, uh, have you, like, rather have yourself withdrawn from the squad completely so you can really clear your head in it than, you know, come in and you're not really, even if, look, if you have issues, you have issues. But I mean, you can still then say, look, I want like, rather personal time and then I'd rather have somebody come, you know, ahead of me and play and put a, a performance in. Because for me, as I said, it made, that sub made no sense because it even made us more toothless. And I mean, yet you're taking somebody that was, uh, you know, on a hot streak the last two seasons for Arsenal already. Yeah, uh, def- definitely it looked more toothless. Like, Aubameyang was really frustrating for me. It's like, you know, I don't know what's going on. I understand, you know, people... Or players do to have a dip in form in times. Like, you know, it's understandable. But, you know, he, he, I, I never followed the latter part of his, 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 his in-depth career at Dortmund. You know, did he also kind of tailor off like this and then eventually, you know, just find like, you know, I don't want to be at the club anymore and leave. Like, was... Look, uh, look yeah, at Dortmund, it was more his social life that was getting on the nerves of the board. And that, so he wasn't like becoming like a problem player for them there. Of course, as I said, look, we already spoke about it a few weeks back. Look, he did have issues with the whole family with his, regarding his mother's health and that. But well, that's why I'm always trying to say now, or get my point across of, you know, if you're not in the right mindset to play. And I mean, look, this this is like a sort of league where it can also eat you alive if you're not you know, careful. If you like, if you got something on the backburn in your head, then and you're coming with that sort of mindset onto the field, it, it's going to cost you either your performance, or you're going to, like, from lack of concentration, you're going to get an injury, a bad injury or something like that. So then I'd rather than, you know, pull him out of the firing line for a while, and you have to see someone like Martinelli or even get here when push comes to shove in playing. But, I mean, for me, as I said, he, he offered nothing in the game. And, I mean, you like, when he went on these sort of runs, he wasn't really working 
the, the way we, we would see him like saying that at FA Cup run where he was pulling all like, you know, the top uh, defenders, he was pulling them all over the place because they couldn't really pick him up when he was going on his that amazing run. But that's it. Uh, 65th minute Arsenal, they take off Cedric, bring on Odegaard. And again, that was kind of frustrating because again, now you're taking almost like an attacking player and with Saka now then dropping into the left back or left wing back position. But I mean, for me, uh, slowly but surely, it was more like Arteta was kind of running out of ideas because he had no uh, combative midfielder. Because I mean, Jack, as you said, Jaka was giving away needless fouls. Uh, Thomas Parton had to be replaced by uh, William, 74th minute. But I mean, then, then uh, I think I saw a message where I said, you're trying to win the game and you bring William on. <laughs> then it, I mean, for me, it was a really, you know, a, 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 not that hiding to nothing, but then it's sort of like you, you're kind of running out of ideas because I don't know how many times I saw him either overrun the ball or just get bumped off the ball because he's like physically, he's just not up to it. Yeah, it's. It was frustrating because, I mean, with party on the field, you could see we were trying to get a foothold back into the game. And for me, Odegaard, you know, I actually enjoyed him on the field. He, he, he likes to pick out passes. Yes, sometimes it doesn't come off, but the idea is there. And he also gets very nicely between the lines as well. I mean, so it's going to be exciting to see him get more minutes on the pitch. Yeah. So, 79 minutes, Ryan ends up saving from Jack Grealish. As Villa now, you know, start getting almost like a bit more adventurous now going into the the latter part of the game. Odegaard has a, you know, a real good chance that he ends up missing. And I think a cool head and I think he could have probably punished Villa. Yeah, I think that also the, 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 the incoming sliding defender also kind of put him off. I think if he, if he had you know, just got in the ball slightly earlier before the defender came across, I think maybe he thought he had to eat it on the ground. Defender could have possibly you know, stopped the ball. So, uh, yes, he should have done better, but also, you know, good defending from the Villa defence. Yeah, I don't know which minute exactly it was, but then there was the whole drama with Lacazette and Martinez from the corner. Oh, yes, 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 when, yes. Uh, I think it was like sometime in the like, uh, midway in the, in the first half. So, I mean, it was, look, the sub was made only what's it, on the hour mark of the bombing. But, I think just before he got subbed, it's also like a point I kind of forgot. But for me, you can clearly see Martin is just pulling him down. And I mean, how many angles? I mean, you, you saw the <laughs> angles uh, VAR is. And I mean, how they cannot pick that up? That, uh, that was done like that. Uh, I don't know. This is VAR is very confusing. You know, one moment they're picking something up, looking at it all angles and things like that. And the next... Um... The next, uh, the, the, the refs giving a penalty against Arsenal and a red card. So, you know, these rules are very inconsistent. Yeah. So, Villa end up running out 1-0 winners. Arsenal's 10th loss of the season. Oh. Shocking. It's, it, it's quite frustrating, actually. Um, um, I, I don't know. You know, one moment you think we 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 on the up, you know, you, you can you're looking up and you're looking at top four, and now you're looking again just to get a European spot again. It's it's quite frustrating how, you know, we're playing in fits and starts. You know, we we did the hard job of getting back in it, and you look at the results around. Everybody's dropping points, and then we go and lose. Yeah. So uh, we switch attention to the Sunday fixture uh, in Leeds United. Uh, we will have our work cut out. Versus Pielsa's men, because look, we know they normally do put a shift in whenever they play, whether it's home or away, they do put a shift in. I mean, it's, it's just 
how quick you can, you know, dismantle their, uh, their strength and, and dominate them. Because then you do see them, they are, like, you know, fallible to that. Um, look, Leeds have also had a mixed bag the last five games. They've won three and they lost two, with, like, where's with us. The last five, it's one win, one draw, and three losses. Um, Patrick Bamford, you know, he's making all the headlines right now for Leeds. I mean, it's 12 goals in 22 matches. And he's really pushing them to, you know, get a real high finish in the league in their first season back from the championship. Yeah, you would have been a good, a good, a good, um, you know, alternative type of striker. You know, he just doesn't have blistering pace, but he, he, yeah, he, he has pace on him. He has a good finish on him. He's a good all-down striker. And, and I just worry about Arsenal's shaky defence again. I mean, one moment we, you know, top of the world with the defence and now you're coming up against a top form striker and, and they're going to give Arsenal the right go, that I can tell you. But you know, this is what, what I was telling you over the last half year or so. I still think Arsenal need to also find a sort of forward, even if it's like a third or fourth choice forward, but it needs to be somebody that's eerily strong that can really yes. give us an option because we just don't have that because look, for me at that point, like if you look at the way we ended that game, like the sort of attacking players we had on, where were the target meant to, you know, aim a, a, like an odd cross or whatever into? Because everything was running into feet. And I mean, of course, everything that goes to feet gets closed down so quickly by the, the Villa back four. Yeah, we, we, we don't have a plan B. And I mean, Olivia Giroud, you know, as much as, you know, you got a lot of stick as an Arsenal player, missing sitters, etc., etc., but he gave you a, a, a different dimension. I mean, look how much crosses Arsenal put in the box. Like, sometimes I wonder why we cross the ball because no one goes for it or no one has any opportunity to really get it. And then you look at Giroud, like the, the menace he was in the box. You know, players were always pulling on him, trying to, you know, mm. hug him always and fouling him. Yeah, like, you know, you, you even go back to Nicholas Bentner. You know, wasn't the greatest of footballer. But the fact that he used to get a lot of 90th minute winners. Why? Because you put the ball in the box and he just, like you said, somebody just jumps and sticks his head there. And Arsenal don't have that. And I think it becomes a lot easier to protect the lead against Arsenal if there's nobody that you have to worry about, you know, crosses in the box. Yeah, because I, mean, I think we need somebody that's more tenacious, that, that's, you know, willing to put his body on the line. Because we don't have that. Because our guys would rather, you know, pull out of a 50-50 than... You know, really go full tilt into the goalkeeper. I'm not saying I'm just, you know, ram keeper for ramming sake. <laughs> you know, just really putting your body on the line. Because if you remember, like, you know, you now mentioned Giroud. One of my lasting memories of him, like, playing for Arsenal, was that game when we played Leicester at the Emirates. Oh, yes. That 4-3 game. We, when he ends up scoring the eventual winner, he's being pulled. And I don't know what, I don't know if the defender tries to hold him down as well. But I mean, he still keeps us strong and upright, and he just loops a header past Casper Schmeichel. And I mean, that is the sort of forward you need. Yeah, we definitely missed it. And I think we maybe missed the trick letting Giroud go. I think maybe Wenger could have found a way to squeeze all of them in. I mean, look, Aubameyang ended up playing on the left-hand side of the of the attack. I mean, I'm sure Giroud could have, you know, interchangeably played with him. So. Right. I think a player we definitely, you know, let go too early, and I think also came to punish us into the um, Europa League final as well. Yeah, and then I think other key news also with regards to the Arsenal Leeds match on Sunday, uh, Thomas Partey and, and Kieran Tierney will also miss this week, which is oh, 
again party out. I thought he would have just a slight niggle. Gee whiz. But I mean, I think we now probably do welcome back uh, Leno and David Luiz because I, I haven't heard anything different where people have said, oh, the suspension is still lasting or whatever. So wouldn't be surprised if you see both of them the weekend as well. Uh, it's good to have Luis back again for some reason. He just adds a bit more stability playing next to a holding or Gabriel. I'm not sure why that's the case. But the uh, only problem where he can also get uh, a chance again. I'm not sure if this is the game for him. But um, I-, I would like to have him back in the team again. I think it's no coincidence that our good string of results have him in the squad. Yeah. So we should attention now to the uh, midweek game on Thursday evening against Benfica versus Arsenal in the Europa League. Um, I'm sure many of you guys have heard since this whole with the cold COVID, um, with the travelling bans and stuff like that, we will have to play this game in Rome. I mean, there is talk about the second leg also being in a way, uh, sorry, not a, way, a neutral venue. I mean, that's still, I think we could probably come in, we could probably find it out. But I mean, just back to Benfica, I mean, we all know the, the what's it guy? Uh, Jan Vertonghen is now in the heart of the defense now. Um, they also have one of the top left backs also in Europe, uh, Grimaldo, Alejandro Grimaldo, who's almost like one of the key players because even in that, that, that list that shows the most contributions, that he is the, you know, the go to guy for them. And I mean, they also have a couple of playmakers in Everton and Rafa. And then, I mean, the top goal scorers, uh, Harris uh, Seferovic who's already bagged seven goals for them. But, I mean, they also flying quite high, I think, fourth in, in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, they, they are still there and there about. So, it's, I mean, their coach was quite confident when they threw us in the, in the, in you know, December when they, when they came up with the draw. So, you, you just hope Arsenal are going to be up for it and not be that same Arsenal they were before Boxing Day. Yeah. So, the final, uh, you know, as we know, close on the podcast, even though it's not that long. Um, one of the talking points I wanted to bring up, this is not something that I saw Alan Smith doing an interview, either could be this morning or could be sometime last night. Um, it was a topic regarding Pepe, and he said, um, you know, he really thought, you know, when that guy came in with that, that sort of fee that he was now going to come in and make an even bigger impact. And it's like, we haven't seen that yet because... I mean, uh, look, of course, uh, I think we all agree, like, even the listeners also, Pepe did not put that price tag on his head, that, yeah. I mean, get that out of the way. But, I mean, what, what Alan Smith was also trying to add was, um, you know, he's now been given almost like a, a, a chance back into the squad, the setter. And then if you see, okay, the walls only can't, as I said, you can't really count, because, I mean, we were really, you know, back to the wall there. But it's like you come now back to the back to the Villa game, and you expected him to now, you know, add something. Because look, we played the game eleven v eleven, but it's still the cutting edge was not coming from his side, and you expect you know the 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 almost like the big time player to now come in and you know really step up. So he's almost like saying, do you or do we still like keep on you know holding out with this guy, or do we well, like just have to kind of write it off that it was like a kind of Era sign. Ah, it's a bit of a tricky one because you know I'm not seeing any real sign. Yes, Pepe's you know done well in a handful of games, especially recently as well. But I just don't see a player that's going to consistently set the team alight. I mean, 
when he's not on the field, you don't say I miss him. When he's on the field, you know, when he's off the field, you don't say I miss him. But when he's on the field, also, you don't, you, you sometimes get frustrated with him more than anything else. I mean, I, I personally think there could be a better alternative to Pepe because, I mean, you know, Saka's going to claim that right hand side by the looks of it. I mean, he, it doesn't seem like he's going to be taken unless he kind of works on his game coming from the left or. You know, Arteta can use him somehow through the middle. I would possibly look to, you know, sell Pepe, but what, what, what would you get to him? The four is at the moment, you're probably lucky to probably get 30 million for him. No, I mean, look, right now, I, I mean, for me, it's almost like what they say, that they say the stay of execution. <laughs> I probably still kind of bite it out of him, but I would actually, you know, keep my eyes open for, for other options because, look, the summer could be, you know, really active like with us. But I mean, for me right now, I would actually already start now making plans to offload a William already in the summer. Yeah. I honestly don't see how we move forward because at least you bring in somebody that can maybe either, you know, say bring out, like, look, you saw what, what sort of form uh, Pepe brought out when he now sees, okay, Saka's playing, you know, he's on point with his performances. Um, Lacazette is playing quite well. Um so all of a sudden, that that, that sort of position now becomes a scrap now. And I mean, that is actually what we wanted now. You know, people are scrapping for, for places. But for me, it's almost like William is kind of getting like a gimme role at the club where he, he <laughs> doesn't have to do much and he gets in the squad. I mean, Did he come on ahead of Martinelli on the weekend? Yes, it was Martinelli yes, on the bench. I, I, I don't know how that happened. That's what I'm saying. Because, I mean, if you want to really build a squad going forward, you're not going to get anywhere with, with someone like William, especially with the form he's bringing. Because no. he's, he's certainly not bringing that sort of Chelsea form that we all, you know, want. Or, or like, I mean, I'm speaking now for myself now, but yeah, I was kind of thinking when you saw William play before the FA Cup when he got like, injured for Chelsea, he was still contributing a hell of a lot to that squad. Yes. And now it's like you just see a guy that that's. I mean, in a, in a space of like what four months, three months, <laughs> like somebody, that guy's legs are gone completely. <laughs> and especially if we're playing our teams that are, you know, quick on the counter, then you just see him almost like off trotting along in the background, like going on a Sunday walk because he can't keep up. Yeah, there's definitely a, a silly siding where you could have brought in maybe a younger talent and also with Ketia as well. Like, you know, what's, what, what's the deal with him? I mean, I would personally, so I mean, I don't think there were any takers. That is the problem. <laughs> I think in his head, he believes he is the sort of, almost like what that Barcelona have with Pedri. I think he believes he's on that, say, that level. Where he, <laughs> when, when you watch, say, Barcelona play, that Pedri guy is going to create, he's going to score. Because I mean, he's one of, one of the real top talents. And I mean, he's, I don't know, he's like 17 or 18. But I mean, you can actually see that is a sort of desire I want in a forward, even as a third or fourth choice. And same can be said for, you know, what you know brought up with William, where you can actually get maybe a younger guy that can not only learn from the squad, but can also now see, like, he shows a sort of desire that we want, you know, in a attacking mid or a winger. Yeah, for, for me, you know, you, you want a bench where you can look to somebody to come off on and be like, okay, you know. Even like a Ryan Fraser, you know, he's a he's a wily character who's gonna, you know, get pull fouls off or somebody's gonna trip him or, or something like that. But no one fouls William or anything. He doesn't cause any confusion, any havoc. It's just trotting along, like you said. And yeah, I think we need to, you know, 
start shipping out the dead wood so that players are when they're on the bench they're on the bench because there's somebody better than them at that current point but in two weeks time they could be better than that next player that's in their position because yes you don't have a squad full of players who you know all want to be number one but you also want players to be able to you know replace another player and you'll be fine with it you don't every time have that groaning feeling when you hear Williams coming on or Pepe's coming on or, you know, you want to see, okay, you know, person Y is coming onto the field, you know, he's going to add this to the team now. It's a new dimension. I mean, even when we had Theo Walcott, you know, center forward, Giroud comes on, you have a different prospect and vice versa. You have someone that's going to run at you now. So with Arsenal, you don't have really that. I mean, like I said, comes off Bamiyang and then, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I mean, look, I'm not even a like say an admirer of of say watching City game or, or uh, say okay, not really Liverpool at the moment because I mean they crocked with injuries. But I mean, you mean look at, at at teams like say Liverpool, not Liverpool, sorry, uh, Man City. You look at 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 times not always, but at, at say Tottenham and that. But I mean, you have, you look at that bench and you got people that are going to come on and then you know they're going to put a shift in. But I mean, like with us, you, 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 I mean, as you said, you suddenly don't know what to expect. Uh, can you turn this game for turn this game around for us? Because you know, like even when I look at, at Bayern, you don't see really dips in performances because that standard of, of football and that standard of the or the demand of of them from the coach is so high. Everybody has to perform, even if you're on the bench. Because I mean, if you like, if you don't make the cut, even to make the 18-man squad, you're screwed. Because uh, it's like, you know, you have to keep your head above water always at the club like that. Yeah, that's definitely correct. I think that's where we need to go. Yeah. So with that, uh, in the podcast, um, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Let's hope we get better than luck and, and, and you know, better playing style in the leagues because I think we really need it now to get on the sort of run again. So I hope you guys take care. Stay safe. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a, have a good Valentine's weekend and hopefully Arsenal can show us the love. Take care, guys. <laughs>